Welcome to Earth Tones, a podcast for creative souls and spiritual entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Allison Keslow. I had a great time this week interviewing amazing painter and graphic designer, Danielle Festa. Danielle Festa first began exploring the dimensions of personality constructs developed by clothing at the University of Amherst in Massachusetts as a fine arts major. In her thesis work, she started incorporating textiles in combination with oil painting techniques. Since graduating in 2007, she has been painting and exhibiting in the New England area. Recently, she moved to a studio at the Washington Street Mills in Dover, New Hampshire, after work, working out of Somerville, Mass. for nearly a decade. Experimenting with the mixed media application of fabrics and oil paints, she continues to develop her evolving theme, the perception of dress. Danielle has won awards and shown her work in over 40 exhibitions. I was so excited to talk to Danielle today. Her dedication to her artwork, all while being a busy mother to a three-year-old daughter, is inspiring. Her Instagram is a tapestry of skillful art combined with heart and soul. She has also designed artwork and layouts for my personal websites, album releases, logos, and other projects she is a joy to work with. In today's conversation, I was reminded of what drew me to her work and what continues to inspire me is her drive to express the real beauty and strength that resides in everyone through her paintings. We talk about how she got started as an artist, as a graphic designer, her influences, her creative process, her Mask Yourself series on Instagram, and much more. Danielle's creative process combines her passion fueled by intuition. Here's my conversation with Danielle. How are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Good, really good. It's so great to see you. Oh, good to see you too. Welcome to Earth Tones. Ah, I see you've got a very official setup over there. Yes, I've got soundproofing and a mic. Awesome. I love your paintings so much and your artwork. Oh, uh, thank you. I've hired you for work a lot for your graphic design. Yeah. You've done stuff on my website, stuff for the school. And I love that logo um, you made me a while ago of me playing bass on the beach. It came from a yeah. photo. Remember that? I get so many comments on that. Awesome. So how did it all start for you getting into painting and graphic design? Well, it definitely started at probably my daughter's age. Now that I see her being drawn to a paintbrush, I always was. I. It was instinctual for me, for sure. Um, then when it came time to choose a college, I made sure that I chose one that had a strong art department, but I wasn't 100% yet. I knew that practically speaking, it wasn't necessarily an industry that uh, would be supportive. I ended up in a great program at UMass Amherst. I was so inspired by the teachers that I was with. And they all encouraged me to maybe not fully rely on my paintings as my sole income because I might crash and burn there. Uh, they were so realistic with me, which I really appreciated because, um, you know, parents, family, everybody, I'm very lucky to have a really supportive um, 
you know, cheerleading squad, so to speak, but getting the realistic part of it is really important too. So I took graphic design courses too. Um, my brother is very technical. He's a software engineer. He's been coding since he was a teenager. Wow. So when I left college and it was um, right in the middle of a recession in 2007, um, I I just decided to start applying for freelance gigs and I hit up Craigslist and, you know, it was funny. And people took a chance on me because I, I wasn't charging a lot, you know, and I was like, I just want the experience. So I met a lot of really cool people, including your friend, Katrin was one of the first, um, my first clients. And then she referred me to you and that's kind of how it worked. I just kept meeting new people and, and also learning new things. Um, so my brother comes back into play. I would, bring him over a pizza and ask him to help me debunk some code. <laughs> awesome. And instead of just doing it for me, he took the time to teach me. So I, I learned a lot like out of my comfort zone and I just decided to be a yes person. Like if, if somebody wanted, you know, was comfortable with me trying something out, I tried it out. And so I found a good balance in my brain able to, um, you know, support myself by doing projects that also that kind of tapped into both sides of my brain and kept me interested. And then I was able to go into my studio and produce work that was really for me and for what my vision was without it having to be bending towards what would, what would make a sale and not to knock anybody that has found that balance because I know some artists have, they, they're making work that they enjoy and they're selling it regularly and they're able to support themselves. And I think that's awesome too. But for me, it was all about getting into uh, exhibitions, pushing myself because I love to paint realistically. Uh, I can really appreciate the old masters and the time it takes to really build up skin tones. I think I also really like to bring in some color that I feel that isn't necessarily there, but I, I work it in. And so the, the introduction of fabrics kind of were, was a contemporary element. It was something you obviously wouldn't see in a traditional painting. Oh, <laughs> and I love your mask series, which I'm going to ask you about, but I think yeah. it's so yeah. that you took that opportunity to, to bond with your brother through his strengths of graph of uh, technology. Going back even before that, what, what kept you connected to your art? Well, my mother was an interior designer when I was little and she used to bring me into the paint stores and I would just swoon at all the colors and all the materials. And, um, you know, I skipped right past the Crayola section and I went right to the real stuff <laughs> and my mom indulged me with that. I had a real acrylic set when I was in elementary school and um, an easel that my actually um great aunt had given my family and it was just kind of sitting in the attic. So I had this really authentic like easel that you would see Monet have in plain air. So I felt so official. I had the, you know, palette with the hole in it. I even did a report in elementary school on Monet and I dressed up as Monet with <laughs> I used, like a cotton ball beard and I brought in my easel and um, I was actually painting while I was talking, which 
probably made me more relaxed because I'm not like naturally a public speaker, but I think like (laughs) meaning at the same time helped me out. Um, So it's always been there. It's absolutely. And I'm, like I said, I had parents that let me um, dive into that and amazing teachers and in um, every step of my uh, academic life. My mom, when I was growing up, always played the piano and mm-hmm. indulged me in instruments and, uh, you know, playing. Uh, she was always sharing her songs with me. So, you know, sometimes that's where it begins. Not yeah. always. You have this mask series, which is just so amazing. Mask Yourself series on Instagram. So on your website, you say that the representation of the mask is an opportunity for self-expression, strength, and unity. How does this come into the creative process? Yeah, well, when I first uh, approached the series, I was looking at what was kind of happening in the country and around the world and how there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of um, do, do I or don't I wear a mask kind of feeling. Um, my other works really talk about how we feel when we put on a particular outfit. What we wear does kind of show our personality, whether we intend to or not. And we're all putting this foreign object, so to speak, on our face. We all feel strange. But there's that, um, that peer influence. If other people are doing it, we feel more comfortable. And I found that if people had fun with it, it kind of relaxed everybody. It, you know, you encounter somebody with a funny mask, it just like alleviates the stress of the situation. <laughs> well, rather than a, a way to feel socially awkward, it's a way to feel, it's an icebreaker almost. Yeah, it's an opportunity to be expressive and it's an opportunity to show others that you care about them. You're putting on a mask to protect them and protect yourself. And then I couldn't think of a time in the world where we're all going through the same thing, where we're all, I mean, there's thing about fashion around the world is so, um, it's so varied. We've never had this constant where we're all dealing with this, this kind of strange thing at the same time. So I felt that unity, like if, you know, if we can all kind of celebrate what we're doing, of course, we're all tired of it now too. When I first was doing this, it was, um, I think we needed that reminder that this is this is something that we can embrace because there was a lot of, you know, I mean, there still is, and I don't want to get political, but <laughs> there was a, it became political and I was like, this is kind of strange that it is. So I wanted to show people looking strong, feeling confident and, you know, having some fun with it. <laughs> awesome. I love the one you did of your daughter. Uh, with her mask in the series. So how do you do that? How old is she? And do you follow around a moving toddler? (laughs) It is hard. Yeah, she's three and a half. And there were a lot of outtakes for sure. Um, But I wanted to include her because I think for kids, this is especially a strange time. And she was right on the, when I took that photo, she was only two. So she was right on the cusp of like having to wear and having not to. Uh, but we would do it when we were in places where I felt like it made sense. But we actually didn't even go out very much. And uh, she's just starting to go to preschool now. So it's I'm glad that we had 
introduced it earlier on because now that she does need to wear it, it, she's more comfortable in it. But yeah, she was the same way where if other kids were wearing it, she felt more comfortable. Um, she loved, she picked out the pattern with the unicorns and the rainbows. And that was what made, that's, that's what made it fun for her. So, yeah. you know, that's I just, for me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so when you do a lot of your, uh, portraits, how often are the people, um, in front of you or a photo or are from your mind? Where does it come from? So it's a combination for sure. And I go back probably in my, in my, uh, like looking back at my series, I think I jumped from one to the other because I, I like both methods. I like, I like kind of working kind of candidly. So there are some portraits where I take my, um, my camera, my DSLR on the streets. This works best when I'm on vacation. I noticed because everybody's got their camera out and people have their guard down, but it's really cool to get people in their natural element and where I'm painting about how people are uh, perceived with what they're wearing. It works really well when it's not planned and when it it's on the streets and I'm getting, I'm, I know the subjects as much as anybody looking at my painting does. So we're, we're both like outside looking in at my subject. Then sometimes I like to invite people that I know into my studio or if I go to their place and have them sit for me, I'll usually start my, my honor painting or my sketches with them there. And then I'll take photo references to work from later. And in that situation, it's nice that I can control everything. I can control the lighting and where I do work in this kind of old masters technique, having that set up like they, they did. I'm, of course, I don't make them stay there the whole time. Like their subjects had to, I think like if I have the tools, which I do, it, it just helps for everybody. If I can, you know, keep the lighting the way it was and not have my uh, subject be really tired sitting in front of me, it works out best. Um, and then for the mask series, since we weren't, we weren't seeing each other, I had invited people to send me photos of themselves which I've done before too. And it, I think because now technology is so like most phones, the quality of the photo is, is a lot better and it's workable. Um, my paintings were small too. They were just um, 12 by six. So they're, they're not huge. I was able to get the level of detail that I needed, but now I'm, now I'm moving back into having subjects come and I've, I've got like a zoom lens and I'm getting like, I love high level it. detail that um, really makes me excited because if I'm working from a really good reference, it just translates in my piece. So I also wanted to ask you, um, you talk about incorporating symbols of strength into your mm -hmm. mask series. So what materials do you use? Like, can you talk about the materials you use in your mask series? How do you, how do you get the mask to stay on there? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I tried a new material this time around. I used copper and it's a thin, thin copper, but thick enough to hold, hold uh, its shape. But I had to, I actually asked jewelers on, on Instagram and the friends that I knew, like, how do I cut into this copper? Because that's actually how I, I pulled the mask through as I cut into it. Um, so I had to, I had to use some various like jeweler tools that I was not used to, but 
it was a really cool process. And then from the beginning, I tried some patina on copper, which was, you know, kind of a scientific experiment, but really cool reactions. So my, my painting is really, my painting is really controlled and tight. And I think I like the looseness and the unpredictability of like the copper and the, and the, I use salt and white vinegar to make that chemical reaction. So symbols of strength are actually in the background from different. So I talked about kind of the world unity, and that was where I wanted to pull in symbols of strength from all over the world. And it's not totally obvious, but it's kind of an Easter egg. If you're looking at them, you'll start to maybe see some symbols that are um, there in the background. Mm -hmm. And if you're familiar with symbology, you may pick up on it, but you might not. It's just kind of uh, something that I did in the background. I'm going to have to look again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just learning about all these different techniques. I think that's so neat. So it changes the surface of the, the like your canvas. Yes. And so the, the copper is actually really smooth to paint on. A lot of people do paint on it, but usually they cover the whole thing. And I love the, I love the feeling of that copper and in contrast to the oil painting. So I left the background and the figure itself, I had to prepare with a gesso, which is almost like a primer if you're painting a wall. So I prepped that first and then I did the, the oil layers. So we were talking about this earlier. Children and even adults are instinctively drawn to making art, you know, using pen and paper. How do you think people can better stay in touch with their inner artist? Mm. I think that people need to um, not feel the pressure because I think the older you get, the more pressure you put on yourself to like, when you sit down with any art materials, like, oh, this is, I gotta do good or I shouldn't do it at all. And I think like, just just take that um, pause out of your head and like, just doodle, just have fun with material and have no agenda. Um, or if you feel more comfortable starting with something like do start with a reference, because I do think pulling from your head can be challenging and that can be a stopping point. Some people say, I don't know where to start, so I'm not going to start. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. true. You have to imagine something before it's there and you're going into this unfamiliar place. Yeah. It's, it's a fun place, but it's new. Yeah. I, I find it gets easier the more you do it. Mm-hmm. But that's such a good point that you bring up is going into that imaginary, you know, place where you're going to manifest something before it's even here. Yeah. And I think everybody is different. That's why there's such a wide range of art out there. <laughs> Some people love to work abstractly and they have no agenda. Um, I do watercolor workshops from time to time because I like to teach that medium and I like to play with that medium too. So my portraits are very planned out, but when my comes to my watercolor I have fun. And that's the thing I do with Heidi too. So we, you know, we'll both have our watercolor sets out and it's, it's fun. And I think you got to let, that's a medium that you have to just let like play on your paper. And when I teach it, I see people get in their heads and then I, I see people that are able to let that go and they have the most fun. Letting go is so important, even in, in artwork, you know, in music too, and let something flow. 
Yes. I remember taking an art class uh, from a friend of my mom's who she went to high school with in her basement. And she yeah. left me in the class. I was probably maybe eight or nine and it was all yeah. adults. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> he was so kind. She would, you know, help me with my, with my art. And my mom, of course, still has these paintings. But I remember enjoying the, uh, the texturing. I used to love to use tech, put textures in there. Yes. Yeah, and it, that's the kind of thing you have to just try. You try a lot of different things, try a lot of different mediums. If you're trying a medium and you're stuck on it, then try something different. Mm -hmm. Besides painting, you also have a graphic design and website design business, D-Graphics. And I love your motto. It was something like, hey there, I speak code color, so you don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about D-Graphics or how, how you, uh, from hanging out with your brother, learning more about <laughs> technology, developed that side of your artistic world. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of it really did happen naturally. I, I was lucky to just meet a lot of cool people like yourself that wanted me to try things out. And I think I bring something different to the table because I'm a visual artist that um, people usually appreciate. Like you mentioned the sketch that I did and um, yeah, not all graphic designers have, have that. Um, so I think I, I bring something different to the table that like tends to keep people coming back to me. We've been working together for a long time. So I love having those clients that reappear and I get to be part of their journey. And for me, it's fun. I'm, I work for a lot of nonprofits too, and I get to feel, you know, good about designing an email with, you know, dogs from Puerto Rico and I'm bringing, I see the donations coming in. And so that stuff makes me feel good. And um, I get, I just, I'm lucky to have a lot of different types of clients who require different things from me. And I have the flexibility, which has always been important, but is especially important with a three-year-old now. Absolutely. So I, I find that I'm able to work when I need to. And then you add the COVID. Um, a lot of people are having to adjust the way they work. And for me, this is how I've always worked. So people are actually catching up with me. Like they're here, we are doing zoom and I do it a lot with clients that would have been afraid to kind of embrace that technology. So it, it's actually worked out better for me. Where can we see your artwork? I know you do a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, exhibits and collections. Yeah. So, um, on my website, it's daniellefesta.com. I list my exhibitions when they're coming. Um, I actually have my first in-person one that I'll be there for. I've sent out some of my work to shows. Uh, I had one in California and one in New York, but I couldn't actually be there. Um, and then I had a I had a show in virtual reality this spring, and that was that was a blast. Something wow. you probably never would have tried. I know that was such a bummer. Things were getting canceled. It was hard. I missed, I missed that interaction and it was really wild to put on a VR headset and my brother's in that realm too. So I was familiar with putting on the headset, but I was standing in with people from across the world, looking at my paintings and talking about my paintings. It was so cool, but I digress. So I was trying to say that actually this next Saturday, I'll be at an opening with, um, eight of my masks and a group show. 
and it's in my building, so I don't have to go far. Oh, it's in Dover, cool. New Hampshire. And in the first floor of my, um, it's like an old converted mill building. There is a gallery on the first floor. And uh, I think this is their first opening in a, in a long time. So it'll be nice to just see people. I think we may be wearing masks, but if I am, it'll you know go along with my series anyways. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah. And is there anything else that you're focusing on these days? Working yeah, I, so I, the other place I, I post often you mentioned already was Instagram. And that's been a really cool tool for me as well, because like we said, we weren't getting that in-person stuff. Um, we used, I used to actually help run an art walk in Dover every first Friday. So I was used to having people coming through my studio once a month and getting, getting a lot of feedback on my work. So when, when this was all happening, I found myself, um, looking at Instagram for more and I was getting, um, you know, I'm working on the, I was working on these face mask series with subjects from all over the place. And they were commenting on the work as it was happening. And other people are chiming in on, oh, I love that, you know, color use or this here. And it was, it became another like outlet for critique and uh, interesting way for me to also see my process. Sometimes I'm in the studio for a session and I'm like, what, I, what did I actually do today? And I know it, I know I progressed the painting, but I've been doing these time lapses, for example, and I can see what I have done in fast speed. And a lot of people say they appreciate like seeing, seeing the way these oil paintings progress too. So yeah, I would say my, my handle is uh, paintings by D Festa for Instagram. And um, I am working on a kind of emotional series right now. So I'm uh, working with people that I either know very well, or I'm trying to get to know very well um, that have dealt with um, some kind of uh, either trauma or major life challenge and are on the other side of it or are have um, have the strength to move beyond it. So it is it is definitely a departure from where I was. Um, I'm still incorporating textile and how um, feeling confident in the way you look can translate into feeling confident and making other people feel confident who have maybe been through something similar. So, yeah, it's, it's a new depth for me, but I'm, I'm really feeling like this is the way I'm supposed to, this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. So, yeah. You're, you're, you're feeling guided by your, your inner wisdom. Yeah. And for you. Yeah. I think I've always tried to be open to pivoting or being, being, you know, letting subjects come to me if that is what happens and so i'm starting with a family member that's really close to me and and she opened up to me during covid about something um you know abuse that happened to her in her childhood so it's very close to home and um wow. it's been really challenging for our family and for her we've been closer than we've ever been she's a cousin of mine and i'm trying to like it's therapeutic for me to work on the piece, but it's making her feel stronger too, seeing herself in this light. So it's it's been really incredible for me. And then since I've been talking about what I'm doing, I'm hearing other stories. And so when we're, you know, this Me Too movement has, has come about too, I think like I feel 
like we, I mean, we really do all know somebody. And I think instead of shying away from talking about it, it's, it's helpful to be a collective and, and to put ourselves out there with the things that we, we deal with on the, on the, you know, wow. unfortunately, <laughs> I don't want these things to be there, but they're there. And I feel like right now, I just want to, I want to celebrate the, the strength that I see in front of me. And, and, um, I know that the makes her feel better to know that she might influence someone else to be able to speak up. I love that healing pain through art. That's something I resonate with deeply. Yeah. And there's, and, and it's so interesting to me to hear your creative process. It's, it's there, there's so many parallels to music. Yeah. But I've learned so many things uh, today. Thank you so much, yeah. Danielle. This has Thank been you. amazing. Thank Aww. you so much uh, for being my guest today. Thank um, you. It was really great to connect. And um, you may not have done a podcast, you know, without COVID too, right? So this is kind of a new venture absolutely. for you that is, is cool. Absolutely. 